All right, so first off, uh, one up MMA and no filter. That's BJ. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us and giving us your time. We appreciate it very much. Hey, my pleasure, brother, man. Anytime. How you doing today, Eric? Man, I'm doing awesome, man. We just got off the road about three, three and a half hour drive from Birmingham to Memphis. So, you know, we're uh, it's time to just chill, maybe have a beer or two and, and relax. Gotcha. Uh, so your last fight was against Gerald Mearshart, uh, in October and Carl Robertson, as you know, two weeks, two or three weeks ago, he beat, um, Roman Kofilov and he called you out. Is that who you're looking to face next? Um, man, you know, two people have called me out, you know, I, I don't know when I'm, when I'm going to get back in there. So, you know, uh, if he wants to wait on me, cool, uh, if not, then, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's a young, up-and-coming guy, so I'm sure we'll cross paths at some point. So whether it's the next one, the fight after that, or, you know, whenever we fight, you know, I'll, I'll be ready. Gotcha. Uh, so what what weight class do you like the most, light heavyweight or middleweight for you? Uh, I mean, I mean they, they have their pros and cons. You know, 205 is obviously super easy to make for me. Mm -hmm. uh, 185, I have to be a little bit more disciplined uh, with my life. You know, not just dietary stuff, but, like, I have to run more. I have to do a lot more stuff to make the weight. So, I like 85 because because I have to do all those things. My mind is always on the fight. Um, at 205, you know, as soon as practice is over, practice is over, I can go, you know, eat a, eat a cheeseburger or some fries or whatever and be straight. So, uh, you know, and the guys at 85 are way smaller than they are at 205, so. You know, um, they're a lot less durable. They can't take as much. I feel like I'm one of the more powerful guys in the division. So uh, I prefer 85. It just takes a little bit more discipline to get there. Okay, good stuff. Uh, what's been your favorite fight of your career so far in the UFC? Um, man, to be honest, I think the Chiago Santos fight uh, was my favorite just because, you know, we both kind of met there in the middle and, you know, swung away. And, uh right. Now, like a good old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a know, good fight. Uh, you yep. know, kind of like I wouldn't say like technique went out the window because there was a lot of like grappling and wrestling and, and stuff like that. But uh, when we were standing there, you know, I think we were both swinging for defenses. And I think that's something that the fans enjoy. Mm -hmm. I know as far as for my career, I, that's, you know, did wonders for my career. I think even in a loss, you know, with all the circumstances regarding the fight and how I fought and how the fight went. Right, uh, I think my stock really went up with that fight. Yeah, because you took that fight what six, seven days notice. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's a hell of an impressive, you know, fight for somebody to take yeah. that fight on one week notice, I, and then you I, see I, Santos go and fight Jones like he did and put up that performance. Yeah. I mean, that makes you look good too. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, and and outside of John Jones, the other guys he's fought at two or five. You know, I go out on a limb and say that my fight was more. Um, you know, action-packed, I would say. Mm -hmm. You know, he just went out there and knocked out the other two guys on the way to the to, to fight John Jones. And, you know, it, it took him a while to, to get me out of there, so. Yeah. Uh, you get you definitely gave him a competitive fight, bro. Uh, all right, Taylor, your turn. All right. My questions are more about football. Uh, I don't know what Coach Saban's like. Because all I see uh, is the media. <laughs> he's, he's, he doesn't give them too much. I want to know what he's like in the locker room. Man, you know, it really depends what kind of what time of day you catch him. You know, we have meetings every day. 
we had meetings every day at two o'clock. So, you know, at, at two, two and two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, his, uh, his coach's hat comes on, you know, yeah. like you catch him any other time, you know, he's just like one of the guys, he likes to, you know, talk trash, crack jokes. And that's <laughs> usually how he starts every meeting off. So, you know, uh, he's got a pretty quick wit. Dude, that's awesome. I love dude, Alabama all day. I'm from Mississippi originally, so and I never got on to Mississippi State or Ole Miss. It was always been yeah. Dude, that 2009 team, Julio Jones, Eric Anders, fucking Eddie Lacy, Mark Ingram, Rolando McClain. Dude, yeah. that team was stacked. Yeah, you know, it's probably the best team that they'd have had, uh, if I do say so myself. Oh, yeah. No, how does it feel to get the game-sealing strip sack fumble? Man, you know, it was it's a pretty surreal experience, man. I quite, you know, it's been 10 years, and yeah. you know, I still haven't quite found the words to express how it feels to, uh, you know, have a big-time play in a big-time game like that. So, yeah. you know, it was uh, for sure a very memorable moment. Yeah, I watched that. Uh, I was just looking up your highlights today, and I saw I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So I, dude, mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't know who you were, and then you got into fighting. I was like, oh, he's on the 2019. Dude. Legendary, thirteen and zero. That's all. right, fourteen and zero, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fourteen, 14, and, 0. 14 yeah. and zero. That's right. Playoff and all that, yeah. Thirteen regular in the championship, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, man. How's it feel to be a national champion for Alabama? Um, man, you know, I think that that one was a little bit more special because I was one that kind of started the dynasty uh, that you see now. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and I think I feel like we're the team that kind of got the ball rolling in that direction. Yeah. So how, who do you? How do you recognize more as a football player or as a fighter? Uh, at this point, a fighter, just because it's been so long since I played football, and then yeah. even when I did, like I had an afro, I had a helmet on. So, <laughs> you know, unless they heard my name, like they don't, you know, <laughs> know my face. But yeah. uh, since I started fighting, and since I made it to the big show, you know. Uh, they recognize me a lot more, you know, based oh, yeah. on you know my, the way I, I look. You were on John Anik and uh, Kenny Floyd's uh, podcast a few years back, and the other day they brought that up that you were 2009 on the Alabama team. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, shit, okay. And then, yeah, so I watched a couple of your fights. Like, oh, no, this dude, like, you guys have no idea the level of athlete this kid is. <laughs> it's a different yeah. dedication when you play the top of the game in college, especially for Alabama. It's a different, different intensity that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly, you know, uh, a different ball game. But, uh, you know, John Adams, my, my man, you know, he likes to he likes to put in the parlays just like I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll go back and forth <laughs> on that every now and again. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's all I got. I just want to know what it was like to be in college and play for Nick Saban and yeah, start that dynasty that got him from one yeah, to six. Man, it was, it's a pretty memorable, you know, four or five years that I spent down there in uh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, oh, dude, that's awesome. All right, BJ, you're up, man. I'm good, dude. I'm just fan fanboying over here, dude. It's Eric, man. So you don't get this opportunity every day. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, how you doing, man? It's always it's always a, a an honor to talk to to fighters that we watch on TV. Um, and you know, we're just doing our thing over here, man. We appreciate you coming on for sure. Like we were fanboying right before we started this interview. So don't 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 us being all calm and cool on this interview. Don't 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 let it fool you because we was one hundred percent fanboying about ten I minutes ago. Can't never sweat, <laughs> man. Uh, my question, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I just want to see what your response would be. 
the transition from football to MMA, you know, and you have a pretty decorated career so far. I was just taking a peek at your record before this interview. I mean, you have a you fought in multiple organizations. You fought in the two top organizations, Bellator and the UFC. You know, what was that transition like? And did you think you would come this far when you, you know, made that transition? Um, man, you know, I really got into MMA just looking to work out after I got done playing okay. football, just blow off some steam and start training. And then uh, I crossed paths with uh, Walt Harris, um, sparred with him like my first day in the gym. And, uh, you know, needless to say, he was already a polished striker, a polished boxer, and already a pro MMA fighter. And, and uh, needless to say, he, he had beat me up, you know. And um, I fell in love with it right then and there. I said, this is something that I'm at to, you know, learn several different disciplines, you know, um, it was just what I was looking for, you know, uh, something new, something to train, uh, and something that I knew I could take it to the top when I made the decision to do so. So, um, you know, I had a pretty extensive amateur career. I've had like 24 amateur fights. Um, and then early in my pro career, I met my wife and, you know, she's into nutrition and stuff and, um, and then, oh yeah, that was good, man. So, lucky, so, man. She, she making eighty five became super easy because she, you know, she taught me how to do it essentially. Um, and then she was just kind of like, you know, you need to quit your job. You're already, I think I was like 27, 28. She's like, you're not a spring chicken anymore, so you need to give it two years. You can always go back and work, you know. So I was like, cool. Quit my job, started working at the gym, and then uh you know, teaching, you know, doing that thing. And, um, and my career just, you know, uh, accelerated, you know, exponentially. Like I had a rocket on it and just, uh, you know, we're just trying to go in one direction, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so the uh, college football, I mean, college football has a lot of eyes on college football. And I'm pretty sure, you know, preparing pra at practice, these games, there's a lot of discipline that is involved in that. How did that translate? You know what I'm saying? I and mean, I'm sure it didn't, you know, I'm sure it, it helped, um, you know, with, you, with your wife knowing, you know, as far as the nutritional side, they can, she can teach you. But how did the discipline, you know, of training for the sport and, and putting your body through that and cutting weight, you know, how did the discipline from football help you transition into that? Um, man, you know, I, I think the, you know, it teaches you how to practice, you know? Um, yeah, you yeah. To to, man, you can't just show up to the game. You can't just show up to the fight. At least I'm not that high level that I can, you know, just wake up and show up and, you know, knock people out. Like I train really hard, you know? So it kind of teaches you the, the discipline of like, uh, like perfect practice instead of just kind of going through the motions and, you know, uh, having lack of days to practice because all that stuff transfers into the into the fight of the game. Maybe not in the first quarter, the second quarter, uh, quarter, the first round, the second round. But by the time the end of the competition, you know, it, it'll really show because as you get tired, as you get hit, you know, your technique starts to, you know, falter a little bit. So, you know, yeah. I think if your technique's the last thing to falter, then, uh, you know, the better your chances of winning the fight. You're just still going to be there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, so so tell us, man, like, 
you know, you what was the difference? Is the biggest difference is that you noticed between? I mean, because like I said, you fought at the top of. I mean, you fought at in the top two promotions, you know, Bellator and UFC. So, what were the biggest differences? Because there's, a, you know, there's always going to be those comparisons between Bellator, UFC, the fighters, the champions, whatever. Um, what was the biggest difference for you between Bellator and the UFC? Yes, sir. Uh, production value, you know. The the UFC, it's like, man, if you're the first fight, they're telling you you're, you're fighting at 535. You're walking out to the cage at 535. If you're the last fight, you're walking out at 1130 or whatever. You know, they really have it timed out. With Bellator, it was like they didn't have – like they knew when the, when the TV part was going to be on, but there was still a whole undercard. Uh, before the part that was on TV, and then the fighters who didn't fight in the undercard fought after the main card. So they were guys who were getting ready to warm up because they didn't know if they were going to fight before the main card. And then so they get all warmed up. Boom, main card. So now, you know, the last, it's now it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and they still got like five fights left. You know, so yeah. uh, the way the way the way it was run, at least on that night, I don't know if that's how Bellator always does it, but uh, at least on that night, people were like, uh, "I don't know when I'm gonna fight." But the UFC, man, you're gonna be within five minutes of when they tell you you're gonna walk out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As a fighter, getting prepared is cool because you're like, "All right, I want I want to have this done like an hour before I go out. I want to start warming up like 30 minutes before I go out." I want to be ready to go, catch my breath, take a break, you know, 10 minutes before I go out. There's always somebody constantly coming in the room. Hey, you walk in five minutes. Hey, you walk in 10 minutes or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my and for my last question, you know, <clears throat> well, my last statement that I, I kind of just want to get your response to, you know, coming from that football background and being a name in football, you know, um, even though you weren't in the in the NFL, you know, you still were known. People know who you are. Um, you're going to get those comparisons to Greg Hardy, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, looking at what you've done, looking at, you know, your 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 history in the UFC and looking at Greg Hardy's history in the UFC, you know, there's a, a little more um, uh, amateurness to what uh, Greg Hardy's over here doing and, and you keep it very professional. Like most people wouldn't even know that you used to be a football player. You know what I'm saying? Because you keep, you're such a good fighter, you know, how does it feel when you see those things that Greg Hardy does, like throw an illegal shot in the fight with Alan Crowder or, you know, use the inhaler in, in between the rounds, you know what I'm saying? I, is it kind of like a cringe moment for you? I mean, you have to understand, man, that dude's still learning the game. I don't know what his amateur career looked like, but I seriously doubt he had much of one. Who's going to fight a pro bowler? Yeah. Nobody. Not for free. Somebody right. take that risk for a check, you know? Yeah. Then I, so, so that dude was in the UFC after like four fights and not much of an amateur career and zero background in combative martial arts, you know, previous. So Greg Hardy's learning on the job, you know, that knee he threw to Alan Crowder, I was watching that fight and it just looked like he was like in kill mode. Like he, like he really wasn't thinking through the, through the fight. He was like, there's his face. Bow. Yeah. You know? and, and I think, you know, the more experience you get, things start to slow down and then you realize, Oh, that's an illegal shot. I can't do that. Maybe I throw a punch or maybe I wait for him to get up, you know? So, you know, and with the inhaler, 
not yet. I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I think that the uh, commissioner should have just said no. I don't think his corner should have gave it to him uh, because man, I don't think that that's a question that uh, is really a question, man. No, you can't use an inhaler in between. Everybody has asthma. If that was the case, everybody would have sports-induced asthma, you know? So Yes, sir. You know, uh, like I said, man, my man, he, he's still young. You know, I think he's had six fights now. Even if he had an extensive amateur career, six, seven fights. And that's still young. I think I had eight fights before I made it to the UFC. So, you know, I, I had more fight experience. I was, you know, uh, I had done it before, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, third, fourth, you know, you don't see that too often, especially in the men's division. You see some women with, you know, two or three fights and they make it to the show, but that's a numbers game. You know, the the guys, you know, who do, you know, anybody who fights, who doesn't want to make a living? Uh, you know, fighting in the UFC, man. So, you know, uh, like I said, he's on the job training and on the job learning. So I wouldn't, you know, I would take it with a grain of salt, man. It's, it's He's going to be all right, man. He's a phenomenal athlete, certainly in that, you know, 99% percentile in terms of athlete, especially for a heavyweight. So just give him some time, man. You know, he probably shouldn't have fought that Volkov dude. You know, you got – yeah. You know, seven fights yourself, and you're fighting guys with similar records. Why you want to go fight a Jew? And I get it, man. I get it. You know, no, but of course he's not going to say no, you know. But, yeah. you know, it is what yeah. it is, man. Give the man some time, and I'm sure he'll be a force to record. And, 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 this, and this is truly my last thing. Uh, this, is, this is truly my last thing. How does it feel when Bruce Buffer says, your boy Eric Anders. Oh, you gotta man. let us know, man. Cause I don't know if you know it, but that's kind of a thing, man, in the MMA fan community. You know, you know, we we we're amateur journalists. You can say, you know, what I'm saying Austin and Taylor write articles. I have a podcast. You know, what I'm saying so. But in everywhere you go, before one of your fights, everybody's like, I'm just excited to see to hear Bruce Buffer say, your boy Eric Anders. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, I think it's one of like the more like clever uh authentic nicknames in the sport you know it's you know you hear, hear a lot of guys like the assassin or you know so you know something that, like more than one person has you know but your boy yeah. man it's almost panted can't nobody else have that that's mine you know and so um man it's just cool to be the one and only and you know for for the name not just my fighting style i know a lot of people like the way i fight as well but you know, when when Bruce Buffer or Joe Martinez get on the mic and yell that out, you already know it's like a brand. You know what you're getting when yeah. I'm fighting. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that just kind of sparked things off. Yes, sir. Hey, much respect, man. I'm going to throw it back to Austin, bro. Thank you man, once again you. for coming on, man. Yes, sir. My pleasure. All right. Eric, uh, touching on what Taylor was talking about, I know you've touched on this recently in uh, a couple other interviews. What Bama teammates from that 2019 do you think would have a lot of success in MMA? Man, you know, I, I get this question more often than you would think, and I think it's just because people know the level, the caliber of athletes exactly. that Alabama's recruiting and the guys that they're playing with. But, man, you know, I think that uh, Julio Jones and Mark Ingram – or, uh, excuse me, Julio Jones and uh, Mark Barron, uh, some of the guys that I play with, I think that would make the, the best – 
Like Mark Mark Barron never played a down a safety ever in high school. He was a linebacker and a running back, and he's he finishes as an All American, you know, at Bama. So he, like he's just like in the ninety nine point nine percentile mm-hmm. of athletes, and he can learn anything, you right. know. So you know those guys, and then you know Julio Jones. You know you see him playing on Sunday, and it damn near looks like an MMA fight. So he's just like super physical and, and you know, kind of likes the contact. So, you know, th- those are two guys that I think that anybody stepping in front of them, you know, better be on their P's and Q's because I would imagine that those two can generate some power and, uh, you know, definitely learn the technique to go behind it. Gotcha. Yeah, because so me and my buddy Joseph. generate power, bro. You generate power, bro. You yeah, generate man. the power. Yeah. Well, man, listen, y'all, y'all, man, there's levels to this. Y'all think I'm an athlete. I'm nowhere near the athlete compared to those two. So you see what I do. Just imagine. And those dudes are like long and lean. So I would imagine Julio would be an 85 or a 205 mm-hmm. and probably the same with Mark Barron. So, uh, I, yeah, I'd hate to fight one of those two. I don't so, know, man. Especially if they knew what they were doing. Mark Ingram ready to throw hands over Lamar Jackson not being MVP. And that boy ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dope. Julio Jones, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect him to be to be that. I mean, right. he's fantastic, but to translate over, that's crazy. Because he is super athletic. Watching him play wide receiver is an experience. Man, and you can tell by somebody's vertical, like how explosive they are. And that dude can jump yeah. out the building. Um and so, like, turning his hips over on punches and kicks, I'm sure it would be no problem for him. We got to get Julio in this. We got to get we got to get him out there. <laughs> man, man. Who, 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 Julio just signed a contract with 95% of his money is guaranteed. It's safe to say if he's not, he's not going to make that transition. To <laughs> uh, that, that's interesting stuff because me and my buddy Joseph, uh, he's a big Bama fan. I mean, his, his dad went to Alabama. He's from there. Uh, and we always talk about because he's more of a casual MMA fan. But we always talk about like what what would happen if those those caliber of athletes would transition over to MMA? What would they look like? So I mean, it's really interesting seeing you in there. I mean, and you kind of downplay yourself, but you are a hell of an athlete, especially yeah, for MMA sure. terms. I'm just letting y'all know, like me compared to them is you know it's not the same. It's like uh, you know a Ferrari racing a Camry. You know it's. Crazy. All right. Uh, so I want to switch gears to kind of a more serious note. I know you probably know the news about Anaya, Walt Harris's stepdaughter. What's your thoughts mm-hmm. on that whole situation? Um, it's one of those things where, you know, it could probably could have been prevented, to be honest. You know, the guy's out on bail for, you know, kidnapping and attempted murder already. You know, how is that a thing? You know, right. I understand everybody gets their their uh, you know their time in court and it's until proven guilty, but they ain't arrest them without evidence to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. so you know I, I think in cases like that, that uh, you know the case needs to be resolved before these people are out. You know, walking around on the street and whatnot. If you found innocent, then you know you gotta let them out. But if he's guilty, you know it didn't give him the opportunity to do that, and. Uh, another thing, somebody saw the abduction happen. Right, exactly. Went home to his, you know, his old lady, and she said, uh, "Don't be getting in other people's business." Now I'm all for, you know, 
you know, not snitching or nothing like that. But, like, if I see someone get in the fight, like, I'm probably not going to break it up. You know, I'm just going to watch. But if I see somebody getting shoved into a car, I may not go intervene, but I'm going to get the license plate number, you know, call 911, let the police handle it. Exactly. You know? So, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, it's an extremely, extremely uh, frustrating situation uh, for Walton now. I haven't mm-hmm. talked to him uh, since the news broke, you know, as I'm sure you can imagine, his phone is probably blowing up and, you know, he's got a lot of things on his mind right now. So, you know, our condolences go out to exactly. him and his family. <clears throat> yeah. Be sure whenever you do talk to him, give us or give him our condolences as well. You know, we're deeply saddened by the whole situation. And it's, yeah. it's crazy because, I mean, no disrespect to Walt Harris, but like a lot of people at my work, they don't follow MMA much. And then they see this stuff on the news and I have to explain to them who Walt Harris is. I was like, you know, they're messing with the wrong people, you know, yeah. doing stuff like that. It's just, it's just a sad situation. But, uh, yeah. well, man, you know, I think they got it right this time. You know, the guy's bond was denied. So, um, and I think that, uh, you know, the second person who was arrested, you know, probably gave some information that, uh, you know, led to the recovery of the body and whatnot. So, right. you know, um, you know, like I said, you know, and, and that guy, he pled guilty to murder like three years ago and got out in three years. You know, Sad. He, he pled he pled guilty to first degree murder. And then, you know, I know people who were in uh, jail behind drugs. And exactly. They do, they do much longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said I think real justice for those types of people, man, just lock them in a room, handcuff and let Walt Harris get his hands on them. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Well, you saw how his eye was looking already when he got arrested. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like he got bombed. Hey, I got a I got a quick one. I got a quick one, man. Just to just to kind of change the 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 flow of it, man. I gotta ask you, dude. I gotta ask you, what are your thoughts on John Jones versus Dominic Reyes? Man, I think somebody um, it's gonna be really difficult to beat John Jones. He's got all the attributes, you know, and he's got the skill behind it. Like he's super unorthodox. I think it's gonna be somebody like Corey Anderson. Somebody who nobody respects for real to, to be the guy, oh. to beat John Jones. I know, okay. he can wrestle. I think you have to be able to wrestle to beat John Jones. His reach is too long. He utilizes his range too well. It's hard, it's too hard to hit him. So you got to be able to wrestle. And as soon as you do get going, he throws one of those oblique kicks or you know kind of disrupts your rhythm. So I think you have to get in and make it ugly and outgrind John Jones. Easier uh, said than done. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That comes that comes straight from your boy. That's what's yeah. up. First. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, man. I'm done. <laughs> Eric, I uh I watched you do an interview with the score, I think it was about four or five months ago. And you touched on after your Khalil Roundtree loss, you touched on the hypnotism thing. Are you still doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh uh, yeah, I, I still meet with Dom. He uh Man, he's just a good person to have around, man. You know, he kind of just keeps the mind clear, keeps me focused, mm-hmm. and, you know, keep chopping that wood, you know, if you will. So, you know, uh, it was probably not for everybody, but, you know, it, uh, I like it. I think it works, and it's been very beneficial in my career. I think I'm 2-0, and uh, you know, on two-fight win streak since working with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can't say it's not working. 
Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people sleep on the fact that MMA isn't as much mentality as it is physicality. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely, it's, it's, there's a lot of mental preparation to go into fighting. Oh, absolutely, man. Just think about, you know, uh, you know, you're going to get in a fight. And for me, like the, the weeks leading up to the fight is, you know, can you hear us? Well, we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. My wife started the car, so I think the Bluetooth picked up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we missed everything you just said about the mentality. Uh, what was the question? Oh, I just said something about how people sleep on the fact that, you know, fighting is very mental. You know, it's, oh, it's a yeah, mental no, game. I just said, like, you know, there's a lot of mental preparation that goes into the fight as well, as, long, as well as the physical. Mm-hmm. And uh, then even when the fight starts, you know, sometimes – because you're both going to be big, you're both going to be strong, you know. So if the if the attributes are the same, then what's the what's, what's the, the difference? difference? Right. You know, what, what makes you better than the other guy? Who's got so. more willpower? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, all right. Last question for you. Uh, what's your dream fight in the UFC? You know, whoever's got the belt. You know, uh, you know, just being like honest and uh, realistic with myself, man. I'm probably not ready for the for a title fight now, you, you know, 85, that top five is Murderer's Row. You know, you got Paulo Costa, you mm-hmm. Romero, uh, Adesanya, Gaslam, and you got a lot of, Oof. you know, really talented guys in that division. So, you know, uh, I think a few more fights uh, under my belt, um, a few more years of experience and uh, whatnot, and, uh, you know, I'll be ready. But uh, yeah, at the moment, you're I, definitely I, getting I there. don't think I'm there yet. Well, Eric, your boy, Anders, I think that's all we got for you, my man. All right, man. Hey, anytime, y'all just give me a call. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate yes, it. Sir, man. Great. Absolutely. Appreciate Thank it, you, man. All right, you have a good one, my bro. All right. Take care. Yeah. Take care.